Welcome to the podcast, In and Through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. I'm Tim. And I'm Marshall. Haven't seen you at all today. I know, it's been one of those days, It's eh? busy day. You know what? This past three weeks mm. have been crazy busy. Yeah. I know people are going to be hearing this right around Christmas time. It's mm-hmm. not Christmas time. It's the last week of November. That's right. Uh, but man, has it been crazy. Mm-hmm. Just thing after thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've been, I know you've had meetings and other things that you're trying to work through, and i am been hiding in my office writing a sermon for Sunday, trying to get mm-hmm. it out, get it done. Even though I have multiple days before Sunday, those days are so full <laughs> <laughs> that it's Wednesday, and I'm like, I need this thing done today. <laughs> right. It, it's been this level of busy. Yeah, it's been that. I just realized that uh, I did talk to you this morning. We did catch up for like five yeah. minutes. Yeah. yeah, so there's true. that. It was nice. Came into my office, as you always do. To make a coffee. Just to make a coffee. <laughs> That's right. I was waiting around. You had a meeting this morning, and I was literally like hovering around everyone, like every like hour or so, just like poking my head <laughs> to see if you were done so that I could get in and make my coffee. I would say, do we need to move the Keurig? No, but no. I don't want to. That's our opportunity to connect. No, I ended up, you're going to make fun of me, but I ended up caving and making a, an instant Maxwell house. At about nine thirty this morning. Wow, I Marshall. I was hurting, man. There is there is a spirit to guide us when we are tempted. <laughs> <laughs> Lead me not into temptation. <laughs> See, I saw it as my own, you know, suffering, you know, taking on the form of a servant drinking, you know, the coffee of plebs. I wouldn't pour <laughs> that I could stuff get the for curing. a servant. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, so question 51 today. Question 51. Oh, we're so close to the end. 51 down, mm-hmm. one to go. Wow. You know what it does? It, it does, there's this really cool sense of achievement mm-hmm. getting to the end. Yeah. But then there's also this daunting weight oh, yeah. of starting over again. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Where all of a sudden it just, like, it just feels like, and I'm sure there are people listening that are like, well, then take a little bit of a break or whatever, but. No. No. no, no, we love it too much. No, breaks are for weekends. <laughs> we'll, we'll get a break eventually, Tim, but that's maybe something we can touch on in this podcast. There is a there is a break <laughs> ahead. <laughs> it might be a long ways ahead. <laughs> this week's question. Mm. Hold on before we do that. Okay. Just thinking when you said there's a break ahead. Yeah. When... Analia was maybe two. We were going to fly to Arkansas to visit my family. Mm-hmm. We were getting her ready for it. Like, we're going to go on an airplane, and we're going to go up in the sky. And, and that morning, we woke her up, and we were like, hey, do you know what today is? And she's like, today we're going on the airplane. We we're like, that's right. And she goes, we're going to go up, 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 down, down, down. We're going to meet Jesus. <laughs> I don't believe that like children are blessed with this prophetic power or anything like that. But there was enough in that to make you for a moment go, I ain't getting on that airplane. (laughs) That's great. I don't know where the meet Jesus part came from. I sure don't know where the down, down, down part came from. Uh, 
But yeah, it it, it made for a terrifying flight. I'm sure it did. <laughs> just, you don't need those seeds of doubt. You just hope she doesn't like, you know, turn to the stranger in the seat next to her and tell them the exact same story. <laughs> just as you're like taking off down the runway, we're going to meet Jesus. <laughs> some, some nervous somebody during turbulence. Just hyperventilating. All right, we're five minutes into this. All right, let's we do gotta this. do the thing. Yeah, let's do Question it. Question fifty-one: mm. Of what advantage to us is Christ's ascension? Mm. Why it matters? I'll tell you why it matters. Do it. Well, it matters because it's answering some really valid questions that I think we might have. That I think initially the disciples had. Uh, why? Why would why would Christ ascend? Why would he just leave his people? Here on earth. Yeah, right? it, it makes sense enough that if you're going to conquer death mm-hmm. for the sake of initiating your kingdom and restoring all things, mm-hmm. hop to it. Yeah. And it, you know, begs the question what is he doing up there? Mm-hmm. And are we just in some kind of weird limbo struggling along on our own? Yeah. Right? Is that is is that the state we're in because Christ has ascended? Right. So, I mean, these are the questions that that we want to answer, right? Um, people can get it wrong in a number of ways. Uh, the first one, I think, is just that we ignore it. Yeah, and you know what? We talked about this just as we were sort of plugging everything in, uh, getting ready to go. To be honest with you, when I read of what advantage to us is Christ's ascension, my first thought was, I don't know that I ever think about that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know that I've... I've given it much thought at all, which in one way is the benefit of doing these kinds of things mm-hmm. because they cause us to think about things that maybe we haven't thought about in a while, haven't processed in a while, um, or have never considered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's not necessarily just because there are answers to questions, but sometimes the question itself puts us in a better spot. And, and I feel like, I'm going to speak for you and say we feel like this we kind of did that for us. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, by by highlighting something that uh, haven't thought about in a while. Yeah. And I mean, admittedly, the Bible doesn't have a ton to say specifically about the ascension, right? You have a handful of verses in Luke and Acts that kind of record it. What's interesting is that because Luke wrote both Luke and Acts mm-hmm. as kind of a two-part series, but he includes the ascension at the end of Luke and then he essentially repeats it again right at the beginning of acts so right. there's some kind of significance that that Luke might be trying to communicate um, as he's trying to write this you know quote unquote orderly account so since Luke did both mm. and one is a follow-up mm. did he invent the in last week's episode kind of segue into this week's episode you know when you're watching TV mm-hmm. and and they're like last, last time last time. <laughs> And they give you the quick little rundown of what took place in the previous episode. <laughs> yeah. So that you're primed and ready for the new one. Yeah. I think Luke invented it. He might have. He might have. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing about the whole idea of the Ascension, right? In certain Christian traditions, it's a celebrated day. Yeah. Like it's a, a holiday, feast day, whatever you want to call it. Um, it is a it is a thing, but not really in ours. Yeah. I, I would I would also say this, though. Mm. It is a feast day in those Christian traditions where every day is a feast day. That's true. Where they have the St. Crispin's Day. 
kind of thing. Right. Right. And right. we only know about St. Crispin's Day because Shakespeare. Or St. Wenceslas's Day. Yeah. I don't know. Right. And so, so. No, Feast of Stephen. No, it's Good King Wenceslas on the Feast of Stephen. Oh, man, I messed it up. You Anyways. messed it up. I'm not in, obviously not in the Christmas mode yet. <laughs> Everyone who's listening to this now, right around Christmas, is like, we've heard that song 74 times while we were shopping for groceries. How do you not know the words? But it's still early enough that it's not been drilled into my mind. Right. So, so that is to say, there aren't really traditions that basically do Christmas, Easter, and the Ascension. But those, those places where, it's, where there are lots of feasts and festivals... Mm-hmm. That's where I've seen it. Sure, sure. Um, another way we can get it wrong is we can actually kind of consider it as a bit of a disadvantage. right? When Jesus initially yep. told the disciples that he was going to leave, they were filled with sorrow. Right. And sometimes we can be a bit of the same way, right? That we see it as such a disadvantage. Like, wouldn't evangelism be so easy if Jesus was still around? Mm-hmm. Or wouldn't it be comforting if you know he was present to kind of coach us through life events like imagine if you know jesus still living on the earth just like dropped a podcast every week guiding us through the contemporary issues that we're facing today right if jesus was here ministering bodily Mm -hmm. performing miracles Mm -hmm. all doubt would be removed Mm. and we would be buying in at a greater degree yet when jesus was here doing those exact same things, all doubt wasn't removed. Mm-hmm. People still questioned. And they killed him anyways. <laughs> and they killed him for it. Yeah. Right? So so the argument that is at our disadvantage because if only he had done this differently, mm-hmm. people would have bought it wholesale, just doesn't stand the historical te- uh, yeah. test. Yeah. And I think that kind of leads into the final way we get it wrong that of what I have anyways is that we fail to understand its significance for us now, right? So there's a sense in which, you know, sometimes we just longingly wish that we'd been around when Jesus was here. Like, wouldn't it have been great, right, to have been in Capernaum when Jesus mm-hmm. was healing these people, right? Or conversely, we really, really hope, I, you know, I hope Jesus comes back while I'm still around so I can see that and experience that. Right. Because, you know, either being able to go back in time or being able to stick around long enough for his return. Those will be great times. Those will be special times, but there's nothing really good about right now. Yeah. And that's, that's what I was going to say. That mm. was what I was going to add to. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we see the moment as God pressing the pause button. Yeah. And we're waiting for him to press play again. Instead, I think it's the opposite. I think the Ascension is Jesus pressing play. Mm-hmm. on the church age, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and and so, yeah, seeing it as, as a parenthetical moment, just something that's injected into a sentence of what God is doing and not seeing it as what God is doing mm. is misunderstanding the ascension in a way that Jesus, like you said, Jesus taught before the ascension um, and the apostles would teach later when they would say, People, people all throughout history would have loved to have had what you have right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So the catechism, in answer to this question, says that Christ physically ascended on our behalf, just as he came down to earth physically on our, on our account. And he is now advocating for us in the presence of his Father, preparing a place for us. 
and also sends us his spirit. Physically ascended. Mm -hmm. I'm good with that. Yeah. It's necessary. Mm -hmm. On our behalf. Mm -hmm. What do you think that means? This isn't a test. Yeah. This is a genuine question. I think that in his ascension, what, where he is going and what he's going to do when he gets there is for our benefit. So mm -hmm. on, our, on our behalf in the sense of what he, how he's going to operate uh, from the right hand of the Father is going to be a continual good thing for the church. Yeah, I, I guess my reading of this, the line on our behalf would be something like the cross was on our behalf. We were going to have to pay a penalty of sin, but on our behalf, he paid it for us. Mm. Um, maybe that's where I got tripped. I, I, I think for our benefit, as you define it, it's probably a clearer way to say it. Mm -hmm. But the, the on our behalf to me was a tricky way to say it. Mm. Yeah. Because it says so that we wouldn't have to. So on our behalf. Maybe I'm maybe I'm reading that too narrowly. Mm, maybe. But that was a thing that That's got fair. Me. That's fair. Yeah. I mean wording wording is a thing. Um yeah, there's a sense in which the ascension for the fullness of Christ's victory displayed at the resurrection to be complete, mm -hmm. there also has to be this ascension. Right. Right? The the resurrection we talked about in, in last week's episode, the significance of that. Um, but it doesn't end there, right? Where Christ goes after his resurrection, as he ascends, that is also a necessary moment in redemptive history. Right. Right? And so I think there is... So if we look at the whole work of redemption that's done on our behalf, it's still a part of that thing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so came on our behalf in physical form. Um, and then, you know, just as he came to earth physically on our account, is now advocating for us in the presence of his father. Um, I mean, what he's doing right now in the presence of the father um, is for us. Ad, you know, we talk about him advocating, him being the intermediary, right? Um, him being, well, him operating in this threefold office of prophet, priest, and king from his heavenly throne. Yeah, this is this is where we start understanding why it behooves us to have him not here, mm -hmm. because from that place he can clothe us in his righteousness. And to the Father, say, this one's mine. Mm -hmm. These are mine. Mm -hmm. And he is bridging the gap so that when we pray, we pray to the Father, undeserving as we are. Mm -hmm. I, I know I, I hit on this a lot in my early ministry here at Memorial. And so you just sort of identify me with Isaiah chapter 6 uh, mm, yep. and, and that discussion. It's okay. It's good. It's, yeah, there are worse things to be identified with. Sure. Uh, and so in Isaiah chapter 6, where he goes before the throne mm -hmm. and is undone by how undeserving he is to be there and is then purified mm -hmm. by the hot coal. Yeah. No hot coals needed. Mm -hmm. Right. And we are told not to come as Isaiah, not in 
not so explicitly, but not to come as like Isaiah did, trembling because of our undeservedness. Mm-hmm. But we are told in Hebrews to come boldly before the throne. Why? Because Christ is there as our intermediary. Mm-hmm. He is there for us, advocating so that we can come boldly before the throne of God mm-hmm. and bring our prayers directly to him. Yeah. Which means you do not need an earthly advocate to go to God. Mm-hmm. Amen. That is the work of Christ and Christ alone. And if anyone tells you that your prayers could be amplified if so and so or your prayers will be heard if so and so whether it be a saint of years gone by mm. or someone who would consider themselves some sort of mediator between God and people mm-hmm. reject it out of hand that is the work of Christ alone mm-hmm. the risen ascended Christ alone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and some people might look at that and say that's bizarre who would ever say that it is far more common than you would think. Yeah. And not just within Roman Catholic circles either. No. Um, yeah. I mean, so the disciples, here's the thing with the disciples, right? When Christ is initially talking to them about the fact that he is going away, they're deeply troubled by it. They're yeah. filled with sorrow, I think is what the Bible says. And yet after it happens, Luke tells us that they are filled with joy. They're in the temple rejoicing continually after this happens. There's something about his ascension, which is just so, um, so empowering for them and so encouraging for them that they are just filled with this joy. And that's because Jesus is exactly where he needs to be right for them. Right. right. And, 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 you know, it's interesting because Jesus, when he's having the conversation with Nicodemus in in John chapter three, and he's can he says this thing like, "No one has um, ascended into heaven except the one who descended, the Son of Man." Um, and and we can kind of, I know I've kind of had pause over that, being like, "Well, what about like Enoch? Enoch kind of got right. scooped sure. up. Elijah kind of yeah. got scooped up. So what is what is this ascension? Like, how is how is it that they haven't ascended, and Jesus is is the one who's ascended?" But I think the ascension is not just simply this idea of like going up, but it's the uh, the type of ascent that that you read about in the book of Psalms, right? It's this rising up into the place of kingly authority, this anointing of the one who is king, and that is that is part of what's happening in Jesus' ascension. It's it's he's achieved victory, and now he is going to the throne room, and he is being crowned king. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, It's far more than just someone entering into the eternal realm. Mm -hmm. It is him being enthroned. Yeah. That's what he is ascending to. Mm -hmm. When, when Paul says, and he was given a name, which is above every other name, Mm -hmm. right? That lifting up, that is the ascension. It is more than the physical movement of his physical body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and like I said before, he's operating as, you know, prophet, priest, and king. As king, he's he's ruling the universe, right? He is he is in control. He is the one who spoke it into existence, and he is the one who is ruling over it now. 
as as priest, right? He's doing that intercessory work that you were talking about, that that go between. He is sanctifying us. He is making us holy. He is he is he is serving as that that intermediary between mm-hmm. broken, sinful us and perfect, holy God. And as prophet, he's still speaking to us, you know, through his word and by his spirit, right? Um, helping us understand what it is that God wants from us. So he's operating in those roles from the throne and even now. And and those are all things that we as Christians living this life desperately need. Yeah. And it, it's interesting that you go to Luke and Acts a lot to talk about the Ascension. I know that that's where the Ascension is listed. In mm-hmm. my mind, mm-hmm. I keep the Ascension thoughts in John 14. Yeah. Right, that's a good spot because that's where Jesus is preparing them for the ascension, and we get a lot of information there. That's where this next section, the preparing a place for you, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I, if I go, I go to prepare a place for you. Mm-hmm. Um, my Father's house, there are many rooms. What? Not mansions. What? Can we? Do we have time to tangent this for a second? Do it. Okay. Okay. When the King James Bible was being translated. Mm-hmm. It was being translated from a number of different texts, old and new. Mm-hmm. The French word for dwelling place has the tones of mansion. Maison. Maison. And so that, uh, and, and, and as that comes into, the French language comes into the English language, it comes in when the French rule England. Mm-hmm. And so all things fancy get French names. So if you think about fancy things, <laughs> in English we use the French word. Okay. Yeah, it's true. Right? Yeah. Uh, sometimes you'll see creme instead of cream. <laughs> Hazelnut creme is my right? favorite coffee. And, right and now. you're just like, it's <laughs> you can't, you just use the French word and it feels fancy. Yeah, that's right. Right? And so there's some of that pulling from the Latin, which they weren't supposed to be using. No. Nope. Someone had one hidden under a cushion. There's a <laughs> couple of telltale signs that the Latin Vulgate, which the king very distinctly said, get that out of here because we have nothing to do with Rome. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone had one under a cushion somewhere, and it sneaks in a couple of times. This is one good possible instance, mm-hmm. and the word mansion is put into place. Mm-hmm. The word is rooms. It doesn't make sense that you would have mansions in a house. It also doesn't make sense that we would all expect to have monstrous houses on estates separated from everyone else. Mm-hmm. The idea is there is a dwelling place that is the place of God, and there is space for you there. Mm-hmm. And if if we're utterly disappointed that we don't have an estate waiting on us, then we should probably ask the question, why? Right. Am I so materially <laughs> focused that I'm like, no, I, I just really wanted a massive estate. Right. Like, but you get a dwelling place within the presence of God. That's that's what it's actually trying to say to you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah, I wanted the estate. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's the end of that. Yeah. And there are so many books written about our mansions <laughs> waiting on us. Songs, mansions I in glory. I got a mansion. Yeah. Yeah, not my favorite. Um, no, that's that's yeah, it's that's that's anyway. <laughs> anyway, when <laughs> sorry, tangent over. And so when he makes the statement, he he's 
that's when Philip asks him, mm. can we see the father? Mm-hmm. And he's like, come on. You've guys. seen me. Like, you've been with me this whole time. Mm-hmm. And you asked, can we see the father? If you've seen me, you've seen the father. Mm-hmm. And that's the dialogue taking place. And then he tells them that he's going to go, not only to prepare a place for them, but if he doesn't go, mm-hmm. then he cannot send the paraclete. Mm-hmm. There are times in Scripture where we don't translate words. We, we might transliterate. They become anglified or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wish Parakletos would have been subject to that years ago. Yeah, we just left Centuries it. ago, just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Because it means more than what we can translate it to mean mm-hmm. in a single English word. Mm-hmm. And so for us to just become comfortable with the idea of the paraclete, Mm-hmm. Uh, would have been very beneficial. Yeah. Um, and we covered this when we talked about the Holy Spirit yep. more in depth. If you want if you want more on that, you can go back and find that episode. But mm-hmm. his point there in John is to say he's going to prepare a place and also to send the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And the Spirit is going to be for us these things that we would have been without otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just to kind of, talk about that yeah it, he's more than just a helper right um, that that doesn't give him the the full honor due he's more than just the helper he's more than just the guide mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah right that's true and, and on the word helper there there are times when people say oh the word helper that's used there is the same word that was used in um in genesis when it talks about woman being created and being man's helper yeah. it's not one was written in Hebrew and yeah. one was written in Greek. And even <laughs> even the Greek doesn't use parakletos. The Greek translation doesn't use yeah. Yeah. it. It just uses the word. It, it's the same word in English. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But only in English. Yeah. And only if your translation says helper mm-hmm. and not guide or advocate or any other number of terms. Any other number of terms that would go into that place. Yeah. yeah. But Jesus' point in his ascension is to say to us, that indwelling presence of God mm. is not yours so long as I'm here. Right. If Christ had stayed, the idea of God indwelling within us, mm-hmm. the Spirit of Christ living in us, mm-hmm. would not be known by us. Mm-hmm. And so when Peter says, what you have, even the angels, the prophets, longed for this thing that you have. Mm-hmm. What that is, is an absolute advantage. Yeah. So to go back to the idea that uh, we see it as a disadvantage that Jesus isn't here mm-hmm. doing his own podcasts, mm-hmm. when, even when they had that, Peter experienced that mm-hmm. and said, no, this is the advantage. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit living within you. Amen. That's the advantage. That's what everyone else was pointing toward, and you got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, to come back to the question, that that is achieved in part through Christ's ascension mm-hmm. to being on that throne and sending the Spirit uh, to us. So that is, like you said, a significant advantage. Yeah, and the right question could be, could he not have done both? And I would say Jesus said no. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Ask him. Ask him. <laughs> save it up. Save it up in that thing that you <laughs> save up where you're like, one day when I get to heaven, 
<laughs> I'm going to ask God why. <laughs> and then whatever it is that you're going to throw out there. I, I get the feeling. Some some people think, like, well, you won't actually have to. I don't know that we'll be perfect in our knowledge. Yeah. I think when we stand in the presence of God, we're not going to be like, where would I put that list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, that's going to be the top of our priorities. I, I got questions for you. <laughs> After the white throne judgment and our whole lives played before us and yeah. then Christ's righteousness covering and all of our sins, and they'd be like, enter into the kingdom of heaven mm-hmm. and you'd be like hold on before i do i got a couple it, questions it's my turn to ask questions now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's pretty ridiculous when you put it that way i've gone on a couple of rants and long runs today you got anything else before no nah, man it up? i'm good i'm you good, good? Yeah. all right well thanks for listening this podcast is a resource of memorial baptist church in stratford ontario in cooperation with the gospel coalition of Canada. <laughs> it is produced i can spit it out and is produced by alex walker It is number 51. That it is. The next one is the last of the year. Mm. We'll see you then. See you then. Bye. Bye.